Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I'm delighted. I've been la-di-da-din. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top. Man, these boys, they be potting. I trust them like a lot. And they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops are super cool. Sharks up in the pool. I've been sparking up my tools. I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been for spittle to them. My God, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so dead with delight. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the medley, alright. The David delight. The David delight. Da 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 David delight. Hey. Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, um, this was picked by a uh, fan who commented actually on our iTunes page asking us to talk a little bit about Campus to Canton, which is what we're going to do today. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. Stoops and I, what we decided to do, we were going to dive in, talk about a couple of guys that we like in the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end position maybe throwing a couple of sleepers. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to kind of dive deep, 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 deep into these guys, but we try to do our best to give you some guys from, you know, we're in the midst of a 10 round uh, Debbie draft right now as well. So there, you know, you, you dive really deep because you're, you're never sure who you're going to hit on, who you're not going to hit on, but you know, you got to take the risk early and often. But like I said, as always, I'm joined by my uh, co-host here. Stoops, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Excited to jump, dive into this one. It, yeah. Like you said, it was one of the, um, the reviews left on our our, our, our iTunes um, portion of the podcast. So definitely excited to get into that. And like you said, we're in that 10 round. Um, we're almost finished up. So it's been going on for a little bit, but we're almost finished up with that. But amongst that, I'm still in the middle of my 100 round <laughs> pinnacle of Debbie draft. I think we're in round 52. So we're really, really, really diving deep. It's got defensive players as well. So, right, it's, it's not just straight offensive players because that would be crazy to find 1200 offensive players but plenty of high school guys have been drafted obviously defense and offense but yeah campus to canton it's it's definitely a format that a lot of people have really started to gain a lot of interest in just the fact that that you're able to essentially get scoring from both sides of it kind of have two leagues running at the same time within one league which is the yep. fun part right so Absolutely. while still obviously being involved in Devi um, a little bit deeper than what some other leagues would be so definitely campus to Canton is gaining a lot of interest um we're actually in one together if I remember correctly um yes. I think our, our draft is starting in four days yeah I think and we have the number so, one pick we do. We do. I don't know so, who it's going to be, though. I don't yeah, me know. Me neither. <laughs> I have, it might be Sam Howe, for all I know. We'll yeah. see. I think I have control over it, so we'll see. Just kidding. Wow. No, but it'll be fun. I'm uh, definitely excited to, to dive into it, give some names. Some of the names, 
y'all are going to know them, right? Right. But at the same time, like you said, there's some sleepers that I kind of came up with, and I know you've got some guys listed on your end for for some other spots. So, Yeah, as, we, as I did my research and we talked about it earlier in the week, I said, all right, what I'm, what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to grab a guy that's eligible for 2021 NFL draft, 2022 NFL draft, 2023, and see if maybe I can go a little bit further. You know, 2023, you're really kind of diving really into some guys that – aren't you know I even I think in my running back position I do have a guy that's 2024 eligible to talk about um I talked to you a little bit about him yesterday but it's it's one of those things where it's like all right so how deep can I dive you know what I mean so before we get any further you talked about a little bit but if you could just for the people that don't know what campus to Canton is can you kind of give them just a little bit more of a detail of what it exactly is so it's generally, like you said, you keep score, right, on the college side. For for more of your traditional Debbie leagues, it's just kind of you draft some guys, they are on your taxi squad, or sometimes you still run it through a fan tracks or some form of website as a placeholder. But with this campus to Canton, it, it's usually a little bit deeper. I think the one that we're in is going to have, what, 30 players? I think it has 30, 30, so, um, yeah. 30 college slash Debbie players. But basically, we're, we're keeping score. So we're running two leagues, and we're actually having to set lineups, um, run waivers, run run it as its own league. Wow. So uh, while doing that, you're also trying to obviously find the guys that are, yes, scoring you college points so you can win that, but are still going to transition to the next level because they will eventually be making their way to your NFL roster. So it's kind of one of those, if you drafted, I don't know, Kellen Mond, right? He's going to get you some college points. He could transition. Who knows? We'll see. I, as y'all know, y'all have I probably telling blue in the face. I, 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 I don't think he'll transition well. But anyway, he's going to get you college points, right? He does the passes that he needs to, gets the touchdowns, rushing. He's got that. He's going to get you college points. But do you really think he's going to transition to the NFL? So, you're going to have some guys that you probably know won't transition to the NFL or won't be necessarily a top-notch guy, but are going to get you points on the college side to help you win that league. And that's fine. That's acceptable, right? So it's like you're not going to always have all 30 guys or however many roster spots you have. Sometimes it's deeper than that. But they're not all going to transition. But you kind of pick and choose, right? You want to have, I would say, anywhere between at least 15 to 20 guys through different draft-eligible classes be able to transition into that NFL landscape. So again, your NFL roster continues to to roll and, and hopefully win you some championships there. So it's just a much more in-depth process as opposed to just saying, well, this guy was ranked number one in this class. I'm going to draft him and hope it works, you know, which you still do anyway. <laughs> but it's you got to get points from them and, and just run that aspect of it. So you're running basically two leagues within one league. And um it's it's my kind of league. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I just I just love the obviously scoring points and having, you know, head to head matchups and, and so on in, in that fashion. But I also dive deep into the exactly. 2023, 2024 class right now. I will say this um, to my knowledge in, in most um, campus to Canton, at least I think the one we're in for sure, the 2024 guys. So when they're still in high school, you're not going to be drafting those guys because they're not technically in the system. Um to my knowledge, but it's still, you've got to know the names because your drafts Absolutely. are going to be coming up. It's like for us, right? Amongst others, we're talking about X player who, you know, is whatever draft eligible before they're in the NFL. It's the same thing, right? When you're yep. at campus to Canton, you want to talk about so-and-so that's a senior in high school who's going to be coming in. You're getting that head start. That's really yep. what it is for me. So. Absolutely. I agree with you as well. Like you tweeted that earlier about Johnny Menzel, right? 
three-star prospect, somebody responded and showed Mark Sanchez with the butt fumble. So I went and looked at Mark Sanchez's uh, rating. Mark Sanchez was a five-star prospect. Yeah. Um, he was the number one ranked quarterback in his class, and he's like 42nd all-time in the history of like, and, you know, and we all see how that turned out, right? You know what I mean? And obviously you see it, it – it's very, very hit and miss, right? You know what I mean? Some of these guys in these later classes, some of the guys that I'm going to talk about, you know, the one of the quarterbacks I'm going to talk about hasn't even taken a snap in college football, right? But what's your favorite saying about the quarterback position there, Stoops? The cheapest you're going to get them is in the draft. Exactly. The draft that we're in right now, I think we drafted five quarterbacks. Oh, right? something like that. Keep, I think, keep, I'll, I'll get it pulled up here. In a I second. think it's like five or six quarterbacks. And the thing about it was, is Stoops and I were like, you know, well, we have this guy, this guy, this guy. And we have some, we're young at quarterback in this league. Very young. But when we were talking about it, we're like, man, it's it's all about draft capital. You know what I mean? And it, our trading capital too as well. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, alright, we'll take this guy now in two years if just say uh, one of the guys that we drafted turns out to be this stud and we have this other stud, we can trade these guys to get other assets, you know what I mean? Because that first couple years within the campus camp, not a, and, and of course inside some of these Debbie Debbie leagues, those first two years in the draft aren't really going to be that valuable, right? Yeah. You know, especially if you have deeper leagues, like you know, if you have a ten team or twelve team, ten round roster like we did, that's hundred and twenty players being drafted, right? Yeah. There's going to be guys like Joe Burrow. But that's going to be your first round, right? Your first round of that draft is going to be those guys that shock, kind of shock people, those two, three-star prospects that might not have been um, on everybody's radar because you decided to go, maybe I'm going to go high school guy, round seven, eight, nine, ten, stuff like that. So that's going to be filled with those guys. So it's kind of crazy to see that kind of trans, you know, transpire, uh, transpire there when we're doing these drafts. But you're taking risk. And you have to, you know, um, I'm trying to remember the quarterback's name that we took that you said take a risk on. Who was that? Oh, uh, Quinn. Uh, yes. Quinn. Where's he at? Quinn Ewers. Yes. Yeah. And, and, uh, out of South Lake Carroll. Yes. I, and and the biggest reason I wanted to take that chance was one quarterback cheapest you're going to get him to draft, right? He's the number one player in his class. Number one quarterback, number one, everything right in the nation, all that fun stuff. I saw an article and this is always a, a almost as a scary thing to see already, but there was someone that said, I've seen it actually a couple times. He is potentially the best quarterback recruit since Trevor Lawrence. That's high praise, very high praise. Yeah. We'll see what happens, right? But it's one of those where, hey, that's been said. I'm going to take my chance on him, right? Worst Absolutely. case scenario, we took him in the, I'm trying to find it, I think eighth round. Um, yeah. No, sixth round. I don't know. I don't see him anymore. Anyway. We took him in, in in a later round. It wasn't like we said, you know what, first round, we're taking our chance on him. So we took our chance. Oh, there he is, sixth round. We took him in the middle of the sixth round. So it's kind of like at that point, we're already over 50-some-odd players deep, right? You know, almost almost 60 players deep. And you're taking your chances anyway, right? right so exactly. it was just one of those. I mean, five-star prospect, number one in the nation, number one quarterback, number one in the state of Texas. He goes to a powerhouse program, South Lake Carroll. They're always winning, always winning, always top-notch, sending guys to the NFL, sending guys to college, obviously. So I just figured, let's take our chance on it. you know. And he might have been there in the 10th round. We don't have a 10th round pick, but he might have been there, probably would have, but who knows. And I think once we made that pick, though, because I think that was the first high school guy, if I remember correctly. No, that's not true. Henderson went before that. But um, there's a couple other guys that 
that really set that off. Whenever one high school guy went, then it yeah. was like, oh, okay, we're going to go that deep. And then people started to really, really get more, more antsy with their picks. But yeah, take your chance on the quarterbacks. We uh, definitely took our chance on that one. <laughs> I like it. All right. So let's transition into a couple of guys that we like in the quarterback position. Um, Stoops and I talked about it off the air, right? So you're doing the campus to Kenton draft. You're going to want to um, obviously consider some of these guys in the 2021 class, right? You know what I mean? We have Trevor Lawrence, who, in my opinion, if you could get Trevor Lawrence, you get Trevor Lawrence type thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it for me. Um, it, it's kind of crazy. I just pulled up a little bit of stats for Trevor Lawrence, just a little here. Um, in the red zone between 2018 and 2019, he's got a 72% completion percentage in the red zone, which a lot of the times when Stoops and I dive into some of these guys, their red zone stats kind of vary between that that 45 mm-hmm. to 55 percent completion percentage in the red zone which isn't a bad thing because we talk about it look if you have zero interceptions in the red zone but you have are, yeah zero interceptions and so if you have a 45 50 percent completion percentage it's probably because you're throwing the ball away right so it's even more impressive to see him have a 72 percent 35 touchdowns zero interceptions he's also added nine more touchdowns on the ground in the red zone He's got the highest rated. He's the highest rated quarterback in the Power Five with the hundred attempts under pressure as well. Trevor Lawrence is hands down one of the best quarterbacks. We'd be remiss not to talk about him on the front half of this podcast talking quarterbacks. You know, to, like I said, and I've said this once, I said this a thousand times. I think he's the best quarterback we've seen in in a decade. So I'm excited to see what he does on Sundays. If you can get Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is your guy, right? So, mm-hmm. all right, give, give me a guy, Stoops. Yeah, so a guy. So I also have Trevor Lawrence listed, but to go a little bit on the uh, a little bit different with it, it's a guy that I and yourself have really talked up. But uh, I planted my flag, I believe, if I remember, January twenty eighth. <laughs> it's Kyle Trask from the twenty twenty one class. I think he's a guy you you really should snatch up, and you're going to get him much later than than what you're going to get at Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is going to be anywhere between 101 to 103 and I think 103 is going to be a stretch to even get him down that far so 101 is definitely going to be your Lawrence uh, potentially 102 unless they like fields but I think Kyle Trask is a guy that you got to pay attention to you've got to take your chances on him you can probably get him I would definitely second round you might even be able to grab him third fourth round because it just depends you almost have to know your league mates right that that's that's so important in so many leagues because if you have other guys mm-hmm. who like Trask they might be willing to take that risk and reach and especially you've got to look at and this is going super in depth with it but trades right did someone trade out of the second round who could potentially take him so now you've got an early third round let's say you could probably grab Kyle Trask there but anyway Kyle Trask is a guy I think you need to pay attention to. His numbers aren't necessarily as as great, obviously, as Lawrence. He had almost 3,000 passing yards, 2,900, um, 25 touchdowns and seven interceptions. So definitely want to see that number increase. But he really didn't even gain the starting role until a couple weeks into the season. Right? And this he, was the he, first time he played quarterback since his like junior year in high school. Like, Yeah, so it's been many, many <laughs> years. Um I think it was he was behind Derek King, if I remember correctly, um, mm-hmm. back in high school. So he definitely had to uh, Franks and-, and Felipe <laughs> Franks in Florida. So it's yeah. just he wasn't really the guy, you know, up until a couple weeks into the season last year. So it was one of those, and I keep saying this, and and I know people are going to give me, give me, give me crap for it, but it was just 
what I saw from Joe Burrow, his junior year at the end, it was like there's something there. Yep. That's pretty much what I saw with with Kyle Trask. It's just kind of like you watch the film and you're like, he's not there. He's got some work. And I'll, I'll admit that. But there's something there, right? So it's I think Kyle Trask risk. is a guy. Yeah. Right. I think he's he's well worth the risk. If he has a so- – well, assuming we have what we think – we can have for a season. Honestly, even if it is just conference play, the fact that he's in the SEC, exactly. I think it's going to really help him. That's going to really help are, him. I think people are forgetting about that. Like with guys like Trask, if Trask has a good year this year and it's just conference play, that to me in itself right there is going to be impressive. Yeah. Right. So um, I think that could boost him to a second round quarterback. You know, absolutely. Um, I don't, I don't think unless he just has that type of a year, I don't think he'll be a first round guy. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe a late round first guy just so a team can get that fifth year option. Yeah. Right. Maybe. And that's the I thing because outside, round, yeah, because outside of outside of Lawrence, I mean Lawrence Fields, that field from three below, we've talked about even with Fields as well, there's a lot of mystery there from that that portion. All right, is Fields gonna go out there and do what he's what he's been doing and stuff like that. That's stuff like you and I have talked about a thousand times. Real quick fun fact we got Trask at 5.05 in our Debbie draft. Right. So the value can be had there ridiculously, I think, with Trask. And not a lot of people like him. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, right? So not a lot of people like Trask. There, it's it's either you are a believer in Trask or Trask is just awful, right? Yep. All right. So I, I, put, I put Justin Fields on my list. I'm not really going to talk about him a whole lot because it's Justin Fields. If you can target Justin Fields, obviously, go get you some – Justin Fields. Um, I've got, um, I mean, we're, we all know we're talk about my 2022 class, right? I've got actually got two quarterbacks here, but I'll start off with my first one, Keaton Slavis. Um, uh, <laughs> what is there to say about this kid, right? His, his freshman season, um, he's making some of the best throws I've ever seen out of, out of anybody, out of anybody, um, you know, especially for being a freshman. He has the talent around him. He's fantastic. Um the season he had a year ago, 12 games, he actually, it's kind of funny, he only had 100 less rushing yards or passing yards than Trevor Lawrence did. He actually had more passing yards than Justin Fields did. His completion percentage is six points better last year than Trevor Lawrence, four points better than Justin Fields. He had 30 touchdowns, only nine interceptions. He finished with an 80.8 passing grade in PFF, which was the fifth best mark by a true freshman in the history of the Power Five. And then, of course, he was, this is one thing that everybody keeps forgetting. I, I like to remind people of it, but he was the most, he was the nation's most accurate deep ball passer last year. And yes, that's even ahead of Joe Burrow last year. And Joe Burrow had an out of the world season last year. So for me, Joe Burrow, you know, obviously the, the you know, the, the, the be all end all. And he looks like a, he's in magnificent shape right now. But, um, I'm a big Slavis guy. I'll talk to, talk about Slavis all day, every day. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it to you, Stoops. Yeah, so the guy that I'm going to have is the guy that should be ranked ahead of him, but but here we are. <laughs> now, and this is this is going to be fun. So y'all are going to hear this for oh my God. a couple more years. <laughs> it's going to be the Sam Howell versus Keaton Slavis show for a couple of years, right? So <laughs> I love Slavis. I do. It's not that I'm knocking him, but I, I'm a huge, huge Sam Howell fan. It's just one of those. And I'm a... I'm a big gut feeling guy, right? You know, yeah. which has led me very wrong in fantasy <laughs> before. It has led me very wrong. 
but it's one of those where I just I, I liked what I saw out of Sam Howell um, this past season. I think he's definitely going to continue to improve him and Mac Brown. Mac Brown is is I still feel he is such an underrated coach because of what he did at Texas. It almost became expected, right? It was just like you need to win, and it, that's just Texas, right? That's just they've built that that prestige up. So whenever they're having the type of seasons they've had lately, it's just not that great. But what Mac Brown is doing at North Carolina, I mean, they just got a top corner back right so he's building up that defense they've got some phenomenal talent on the offensive side and what he's really good at mac brown that is using the talent that he had already that may not be a five four star recruit but getting the best potential out of them right so sam Howell, he was a four-star prospect coming out of high school um he had basically he had he had a 61.2 completion percentage last year 3641 passing yards 38 touchdowns which was more than trevor lawrence by the way only by two but and they both threw seven interceptions. So he 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 takes care of the ball. Yeah, he's going to throw his interceptions. All quarterbacks are. But the big thing was his rushing. Um, obviously, that was not to Trevor Lawrence's standards. But I just think Sam Howell is going to be a guy to massively improve. He's going to continue to to improve his numbers and just hone in on his craft. Right, he's going to get more accurate with his passes. He's going to definitely increase that sixty-one, almost sixty-two. Love to see that in that sixty-four to sixty-six. 67 range right you know as high as you can get it but if we see it in that 65 66 range while still maintaining his his numbers right 37 plus 100 yards um obviously 35 plus touchdowns to keep the interceptions low i think that's something we would love to see so if he can do that in his sophomore season go into his junior season do the same type of thing i think that's something you've got to definitely pay attention to and i think that 2022 quarterback class is going to be really good yeah. really good yeah um but yeah sam Howell's the guy that i definitely think you should be targeting for sure yeah so just a quick price check on him and like i said this is just the debbie portion of the campus of canton but i would think that his value in campus or in campus of canton will be just as high um howell went 105 to us we took howell over slavis um just for preferences reasons there and then slavis actually went 107 right there mm -hmm. as well so um, these guys are going in the first round. These guys will probably go in the first round of your campus to Canton drafts as well. Just period. It's it's not just the hype. It's just the simple fact that these guys are good at what they do, and the hype is is really raw and really there. Um, and while we're on the quarterback position, real quick, same class for me um, is one guy I talked about already on the podcast um, when we were talking about um, Pac-12 guys, um, Jaden Daniels. Um, huge fan of this kid, right? Six three, one seventy five. He's not. He's not as big as I'd like him to be, but he had a really strong campaign last year. 17 touchdowns, only two interceptions. Um, you know, he's that dual threat quarterback. His accuracy's mm, it's it's spotty. You know, he had the 60.7%, which, you know, right around that bottom tier of like, you know, Sam Howell stuff. But you know what I mean? It, it, it's, you know, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. I, it's, it is going to be funny. This is this is exactly what this is going to be. It's going to be the Hal versus Slava show until these guys are drafted. And we we don't apologize in advance because we both have strong, passionate feelings about each one of these guys. But I have a strong feeling that when draft time comes years down the road, we're going to have some form of a, a prop <laughs> bet. We're going to have something oh my going God, yes. that one's going to get drafted higher than the other and you know, people are going to get tired of hearing it, but it's Keaton, okay. Keaton Slavis will be the first quarterback taken off the board, but it's okay. Watch, it's going to be someone totally different. <laughs> Jaden totally Daniels, Daniels goes number one. Totally you know? different. But yeah, so for me, Jaden Daniels is the other guy that I, I think that you should be targeting. Um, I like him a lot. You know, he's got a lot of upside. He's raw, right? Out of the guys that we've talked about so far, he's super raw. He was a true freshman as, as well last year. He kind of proved himself. He's got a lot more to... 
he's got a lot more to do, right? You know what I mean? He went 210 in our draft. Um, I think he's worth the flyer. Again, quarterback, this is cheap as you're going to get him. But I, I like Jaden Daniels. Who you got? So I will skip my 2023 guy. I'll come back to him. So I've got another guy out of that 2022 class. It's actually Dylan Gabriel out of UCF. Um, he did have a, a, a phenomenal season as well. Um, he is smaller than what um, even I prefer at, at the quarterback uh, landscape and definitely smaller than what you like to see. Six foot, 186, right? So he's not very tall, doesn't have a lot of weight. but And he was a three-star prospect coming out of, out of high school. But in his 13 games, I mean, he had a 59.3 completion percentage, which you can almost attribute to that six-foot mark. Whenever you have linemen that are 6'5", you know, and I don't know his lineman's height, but I'd have to assume they're anywhere between six three at at the shortest to probably six six, right? That's what you see most D one linemen sitting at um, for the most part. But anyway, fifty nine point three completion percentage, but he did throw for three thousand six hundred forty eight yards, twenty nine touchdowns, and again seven interceptions. So the numbers are there, right? You want to see the completion percentage a little bit higher, and imagine if he was at that even sixty two sixty three percent mark, he's probably sitting over four thousand yards with let's just generous side throwing another four touchdowns right maybe a couple interceptions i don't know but it's just one of those where i just from what i saw in his in his game film to what we see in the numbers um you know coming in as basically that first year start i i think he's the guy that can really continue to improve his stock and um i I think he's a guy you should target you're definitely going to be able to get him in some later rounds he's not going to be a guy that is is even in the Hal Slavis range, right? Or even in the Jaden Daniels range. I, I think Dylan Gabriel is going to be much lower than that. So he's definitely a guy I think you should be keeping your eye on, take a chance on him. Um, worst case scenario, again, he gets you college points on the campus to Canton side, but he may not transition to the NFL. So he's probably one of those guys where I talked about earlier. He might help you win your um, – your 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 campus um, side of it, but he may not make it to the NFL Canton side, right? So um, he'll probably get drafted. He's a quarterback. Quarterbacks get drafted in some fashion. He might be a fifth, sixth round draft pick, but you know we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I think he's a guy you should definitely you know take your flyer on, um, get some college points from him, and again, who knows, right? He could coaching staffs can come in, and and if you get a, a Brady type you know offensive coordinator coming in, making making play calls, then. Who knows, right? You could see him be the next, you know, 5,000-plus-yard passer and 75 touchdowns. I don't know. Probably not, but. The next guy I'm going to talk about is the pole. He's about nine feet taller than uh, the quarterback you just talked about. Uh, Harrison Bailey um, from the University of Tennessee. We're going to – we're not going to say UT on this podcast. We decided about that before we got on the air. Mm-hmm. We're not going to say UT because we want to make sure everybody understands. I was just going to say Vols, but Vols sounds stupid. Um, and their jerseys are ugly anyway. But <laughs> University of Tennessee, 6'5". Um, 6'5". Oh, my God. 6'5". Uh, 2'11". He's a four-star prospect. He's eligible in 2023. You know, that would be the first year he's eligible. Um, God. It's high school tape, guys. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just throwing dimes over guys. It's it's sometimes when you watch these tapes, you're like, all right, what is this? You know what I mean? Is this like really Madden? Am I watching Madden right now? You know what I mean? And, and I also, when you watch it, because you watch a lot of highlights, you know what I mean? You're not watching full games. But it doesn't matter. Like, we're talking about this guy had like 50-some touchdown passes in a season. They only play like, what, 12 games in high school? You know what I mean? 50-some. He's like throwing eight, nine touchdowns per game. It's like, all right, so again, 
he's playing that sometimes he might be playing that lesser tier competition, mm -hmm. but he's out there putting, you know, he's putting the pedal to the metal, even against those guys. You know, he's got the foot on the gas. Um, he can make the throws all over the field. I was watching some of the, uh, I think it was like the Under Armour tape that they had him out there. He's throwing the football, looked really good. He's got solid mechanics. Um, when's the last time, was Peyton Manning the last really, really good quarterback that the Vols have had? I think that's got to be true, so. right? I mean, T. Martin, I know, took them to the national title, but he wasn't a very good quarterback. They had a good team that year. But I, I haven't seen a really, really good quarterback in Tennessee since it's got to be since Peyton. And that was 1998 or something like that. I don't even know. I'm just guessing, but you know, it's got to be that time. That's 20 years ago now. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like it, but God, that, that makes me feel sold right now. But um, Harrison Bailey, like I said, six, five to 11. What's not to like about it. This guy's somewhere he's going, he's going in these drafts. Everybody likes the guy. You know what I mean? He's, he's high up on that risk. I, I was looking at my top, looking at some top 10 Debbie uh, rankings across the board. And I've seen him in that top 10 on a majority of those. A lot of people like the kid. Um, when did we, we grabbed him? Didn't we? No, we didn't get, Oh no, he was taken. Uh, yeah, we did. We drafted him round seven, uh, round seven. We got seven Oh five. We got Harrison Bailey. Oh, we did. Uh, <laughs> I thought we talked about taking him. Oh, we were, I think we were going to take him in the sixth, but we yeah. went the other way and he still fell to us. So then yeah. we took him anyway. One of the few times that it actually worked out for us. Oh, that was, insane. That was so dumb. We're going to take so-and-so two picks before gone. All right. Two, yeah. It's happened to us a lot over the last couple of days. So oh, for me, God. I'm excited though, because the, you know, it, it, again, it's a quarterback seven Oh five. Again, he, that, that's, that's the thing. Like Harrison Bailey could suck. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, but at this rate, when you're looking at the talent, you're looking at how, how Rawl is seventh round pick in a Debbie. I mean, it's it's not bad. I mean, I'm sure. I think at campus can he'll probably go a little bit higher because his, his, you know, like I said, with the Debbie side, it's different. You're not getting the points for that college, right? You know what I mean. So with this, you're getting the points for the college. Bailey, I don't know if Bailey will start year one. He might not. But and um, I was thinking about this actually. So with these freshman quarterbacks coming in, true freshman quarterbacks coming in. There are some programs out there where they've committed and they're going where they could be starters, but because of what we're going through, yep. I don't know if they will. Yep. Not immediately. Yep. They could almost have, again, totally. The, the Kyle Trask was obviously not a, a freshman coming in, but it's yep. one of those where you sit the first couple of weeks, kind of whatever, and then get your chance, whatever, and go. But Absolutely. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these freshman quarterbacks for sure. It's going to blow my mind. What else you got for us? So the guy that I've got from the 2023 class, um, in my opinion, the best quarterback coming out of this class, and I don't know how to say his last name, but I'm going to call him DJ Ugalele. That might be right. Might be wrong. Probably wrong. But no, he's 6'4", 246 pounds, but he can run. He can run. He's not necessarily a burner, obviously. But um, I saw this one site where they had him at like 6'5", 300 pounds. And I was like, okay, he's not 300 pounds. <laughs> but anyway, he he does have some, you know, some, some on the bone, but um, he was a five-star guy. He was, he was, in my opinion, it's him and Bryce Young. Those are the two guys, right, that everyone's been talking about in this class. They're the top two quarterbacks coming out. But DJ was playing over in California, and they actually, I think they played against each other in high school, if I remember correctly. They definitely played against each other in, in these, like, uh, all-star games, I guess you could say, like the high school ones. But yeah. um, he had he, his senior season, 64.5 completion percentage, 4,225 yards, 48 touchdowns, and only two interceptions with 412 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns. And that's against, in California, he is in, um, I think he went to St. Saint, Saint John Bosco, I think is what it was. Um, I might have said that wrong. Yep. But he, yep. he went to basically a top, top program in the nation 
not just in California, in the nation, right? And they're playing against Matter Day and all these other big time programs in the nation. So he's not doing it against slouch of programs. Like he's playing some top notch guys and schools like that. They play the top Arizona teams. They play the top Washington. They'll play the top Florida teams. Like they travel in high school to some of these games. So he's playing top program so he's already seen that now going to Clemson obviously he is not starting here one that's that's a guarantee but if he's the guy that does come in after Trevor imagine having him for two straight seasons while learning under Trevor Lawrence that's to me that's huge right I think DJ coming in not being forced to play year one but learning from arguably the probably one of the best prospects we've seen you could almost say ever, you know, he's definitely one of the top quarterback prospects Trevor Lawrence is ever. So learning from him, learning, learning from Dabo along with all the other phenomenal coaches and players they have there, I think is going to do him uh, wonders for sure. So I think DJ is a guy to really, really keep an eye on. You will have to take him a little bit earlier because of the, the caliber, you know, of, of prospect that he is, but I think it's worth that chance, right? I, I think the program that he's at, who he's going to be learning from, exactly. what he's going to have around him. It's just, it's, to me, it's a no-brainer. You take your chance on him. He, for me, is less of a risk than – I love Harrison Bailey, but to me, Harrison Bailey is a bigger risk than what DJ would be. But they're both mm-hmm. worth the risk, in my opinion. So DJ's the guy that uh, – DJ, again, Yuga lately. I hope I hope he hears this and corrects me because I want to be right. But that's who I think we uh, you, you should be definitely looking at for the 2023 class quarterback. This guy's insane. Insane. I was looking up some more of his stats earlier and uh, yesterday, and like looking, I, I I battle between these two. I was I was kind of leaning on the thoughts that maybe you would talk about him. So I mean, just looking at his career stats: um, 127 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, three years yeah. as a starter, 66 percent completion. He averages 18 yards per completion. That's 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 absurd. That's yeah. just completely absurd. He had 18 career touchdowns um, rushing, and he averages 6.1 yards per carry. That's, I mean, God, come on, man. I don't know what these guys are fed these days, but um, it's definitely, definitely not uh, the normal stuff. So, all right. So, all right, we want to talk about a sleeper real quick for the quarterback position. Um, go ahead, Soup. Do you have something to say? I do. My sleeper. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I got, yeah, I got one as well. My guy, real quick, um, mine's Joe Milton quarterback Michigan um I'm really really concerned with the simple fact that what we talked about um you know last or earlier today when we were talking about this um the transition for the year right Milton has played a little bit he knows this system but so does McCaffrey and McCaffrey's one of those guys where they they kind of like him obviously it's the family history and stuff like that. I don't know if that has any meaning to harbor, but at the same time, I think maybe it does. Um, but for me personally, it's like uh, I like Joe Milton. The potential's there. It, it the upside's there. I think that he's the. I think he's a better quarterback than. Um, I think he's a better quarterback than McCaffrey. Obviously, I'm a big fan of a guy that's six five, two thirty four. You know what I mean? That's just that's just my kind of cup of tea when it comes to the quarterback position. I'm a big fan of a guy that does that. Um, I really think that he's got all the potential in the world. And if you got a guy that you're looking for later in these rounds, like you said, I think we're doing you said 30 rounds in our campus to Canton. So he's gonna get drafted. 
more than likely going to get drafted. I mean, you're looking at 30 rounds. I would say, what do you, what do you think the odds are, Stoops? Maybe 60 quarterbacks probably go. Maybe uh, 30 rounds at no, actually more than, maybe more than that. No, I, I, yeah, about 60. I think that's probably about right. There might be a couple that's more. 360 Just, players. So yeah. So yeah, roughly give or take. Well, I mean, I would, how many teams? There's 12 teams, right? Or is there? Yeah, so 12 teams. Yeah, yeah. So 360 players are drafted. So it might be higher than 60, but still, I would say he's going to be in that mass of picks of those guys. I don't think he's going to be as high. That's why I have him as my sleeper. Yeah. Because I feel like he's 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 a guy that might take another year. The mm-hmm. thing for Milton is is he might be another year away from starting in Michigan, and it's really kind of alarming for me because, like I said, Milton's that better quarterback in my opinion as well. So, um, who is your sleeper? Yeah, for me, so I've got two guys, and I'm just going to briefly touch on them. It's not going to be a a super, super in-depth, but one of the guys you've seen play, Spencer Sanders out of Oklahoma State, he's another one. He's going to get you points on the college side, and he's got the dual threat ability, which we have seen transition to the NFL. Um, A lot of organizations are kind of going that route where they want to have a guy who obviously can throw the ball accurately, but then also is able to get it done on on, on on their ground, on the ground with their feet, so... Um, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. And this is kind of where my thought process for freshman quarterbacks, will they play immediately or not? And if they do, how will they transition? Ethan Garbers, he, he's a, a, a four-star commit to Washington. Um, we know Jacob Eason, he's in the NFL now. So it's a kind of like that, that starting job in Washington is open. It's for really anybody to come in and win. I just wonder how being a true freshman coming in, um, one, will he get registered or not? That's the biggest thing, right? But then also, can he win that job with limited um, access to facilities, programs, playing with the receivers, getting that timing down? How is that going to work? But, I mean, the numbers that he had out of his high school season, I don't have them here, were just absurd, right? It was just insane. And that's that's another part. He was only a four – I say only. He was a four-star prospect and had numbers that, to me, would have came from a five-star guy. So – it's just going to be interesting to see how he transitions to the the next level at college, obviously. And when does he get his opportunity? But for me, Spencer Sanders, Ethan Garbers, um, those are two guys that definitely, for me, are sleepers and, and someone or two guys you should really be be keeping an eye on for for later round picks for sure. Later round picks. Absolutely agree. A uh, t- couple other guys that I just wanted to mention real quick. I got these as honorable mentions, but Drake May, North Carolina. Um, and JT Daniels um, out of Georgia. Um, That's real quick. I just want to kind of talk about that. It's kind of the big news is like Daniels is uh, eligible to play this year. Obviously it's going to be very interesting because it's going to be the Newman Daniels show who like, who's going to win that starting job. How awful would it be of Newman to transfer and then just get benched for Daniels? (laughs) That to me, that to me is kind of brutal to do. So folks, we're going to transition because we're going to break this into two podcasts. We're going to do quarterback tight end this week. Next week, we're going to do running back wide receiver. So we're going to transition to the tight end. Tight ends a little bit shorter uh, conversation. So that's why I want to combine those. I really like kind of going more in depth in the running back wide receiver position, Mm -hmm. as well as I know Stoops does as well. Um, So we're going to transition into the tight end position. Um, I guess we would be stupid not to talk about probably the best tight end in this class. I mean, by light years, you know, Kyle Pitts, um, 6'6", 239, four-star prospect, eligible this year. Last year, the stats aren't too flashy, but for a, for a tight end, I think they're, they're they're pretty all right. You know, 54 catches, 649, 12, he averaged 12 yards a catch, five touchdowns. Um, he's and he hand- kind of for 30 first downs. It, he's kind of for 30 first as a tight end, right? That's... that's- 
that's, he's a security blanket, right? He's that security blanket. You know what I mean? Like, um, my thing is this, the one thing I wrote down, I can't wait to see a full season of him and Trask together. Yeah. I could see double digit touchdowns with these guys this year. I could see him getting seven, eight hundred yards. I think Pitts is that good. I think Pitts is going to be a first round pick. I really do. Not, not in. A, I'm talking about real football here for just a second. Yeah. I think he's going to be a first round pick, which I think will translation into him being a very high first. You know, maybe uh, you know top end or you know very low first, even top end second round pick next year. Definitely in tight end premium leagues. Exactly. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. But right now, I think that with with uh, Pitts, he's just I know there's talks between him and Brevin Jordan. I think he, to me, is clearly better than Brevin Jordan. I really feel like it's Pitts and then the rest of the class. There's a lot of questions at the tight end position Mm -hmm. again this year. Last year, there wasn't really a lot of strong shoots. I think it was Adam Troutman, then everybody else. I know everybody didn't really agree with you and I and said that. But and then Troutman landed that perfect landing spot Mm -hmm. as well. But Pitts went off the board at 304 in the Debbie League. Um, I'm not sure where he'll last. I, I'm, I'm excited because I think you said we're starting the, uh, the, the Campus of Canton version of the rookie draft. So we'll have a little bit more to kind of dissect into that side of it as well next week when we're talking about the running back, uh, running back wide receiver position. But for right off the bat, Kyle Pitts is a guy that I got to talk about. Yeah, I, he's the guy that I've got listed here. I mean, and the fact that he's 6'6", six, six, weight is you had him 239. I saw 246. Let's call him 242. <laughs> Quick math. But um, it's just one of those things where with his size and how athletic and agile and he can adjust in the to the ball in the air, it's just what he can do at his size is just it's just unreal. Love it. A- and it's to me it's a no-brainer. Like you said, it's 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 Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. It's, it's like Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like when we were talking about it, it, it's funny because we jokingly say it, but we also mean it. It's like if I could rank Trevor Lawrence one through five, I would rank Trevor Lawrence one through five. Kyle Pitts, if I could rank him one through five, I would rank him one through five. You know what I mean? Matt's listening right now. Matt Bruning's listening right now and saying, Justin Fields, Justin Fields, right? So, um, no, Kyle Pitts, though, is is by far the top guy for me. I'm just going to go ahead and transition to my next guy. We've got um, in the 2022 class. I'm gonna be a homer here. I'm gonna do it. I have to do it. Almost, I have to do it once a week, right? So Jalen Weidermeyer, I think he's a guy that really kind of came out of nowhere because everyone expected Baylor Cup to be the guy, right? Baylor Cup was the number one tight end coming out of his recruiting class, um, but then he had that unfortunate injury to his leg, broke his leg, so he missed the season. He is coming back this year, so I think Baylor Cup and Jalen Weidermeyer together are gonna be scary with the receiving core they have there, but. You know, I could talk about Aiden. I could talk about Aiden all day, huh? Oh, what? Yeah, you're yeah, all right. Whatever. Um, all he's got to do is give give him a three yard pass and let them do the rest. But um, no, Weidermeyer, he was he was just a phenomenal talent last year. He was definitely a security blanket for Kellen Mond. Um, he's six five two sixty, so definitely has the size. Um, he can block very well. So I just I just loved his game all around. Forty one targets, thirty two receptions, four hundred and forty seven yards, and six receiving touchdowns. Those are numbers you traditionally see from a tight end. What I'll say is, Jimbo does use the tight end a little bit more, so those numbers do seem lower than 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 kind of what even what I would have expected. But from a tight end in college, those are about the numbers you would see on average, um, in some cases even higher, right? So. 
I think we'll see some 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 bigger numbers from him. And I just think Baylor Cup being able to to pull you know coverages away from him, as well as Demond Demas coming in and Jamon Osmond and so on and so forth, just pulling coverages away. Weidemeyer is a guy, a guy at the tight end position you definitely should be looking at. He's 2022 eligible, so he's going to get you some college points. Uh, but I do think he's going to transition to the next level. He is he's nowhere near a Kyle Pitts level. Um, again, it's it's Kyle Pitts and the rest. But um, different draft class, which does does uh, Weidemeyer some good, right? He doesn't have to worry about drafting up against you know a Kyle Pitts kind of thing. But um, no, I think he's going to go out and, and continue to to improve on what he did last year. So. Um, the guy that I'm going to talk to, I kind of accidentally stumbled upon. Um, it's a guy that's not going to be as well known. I guess you could consider him probably more a sleeper than anything, but he's going to be playing with the best quarterback in California. Um, Jude Wolf, um, six, five and a half, two forty nine, four star prospect, 2022 eligible. Um, I just felt the need to mention this. He's a former basketball player. Um, <laughs> I love whatever everybody, did you know that, you know, Jimmy Graham used to play basketball? I don't think you, if you ever watch an NFL broadcast, you always hear yeah. that, but, um, he registered it last year, transfer injuries. He does come from a family of athletes. I think he's got a huge upside potential. Um, in, in high school, he trained, he didn't play a whole lot his junior year, senior year, played a little bit more. He, uh, he had 14 catches, 225 yards and seven touchdowns. He averaged 16 yards per catch. The upside for me is there. Um, I, I think he's got the ability. I, I hate to sound stupid, but I mean he's got that jump ball ability. Playing, you know, it, it, you know, playing basketball gives you that awesome, awesome ability. It gives you the hand-eye coordination. It gives you the strong hands. It's very fluent. His catch radius is nice. Being six five and a half, he's got that that solid tight end frame that you want out of a guy. Um, and again, we're talking very, very deep here. Um, this guy's not going to be a guy that's going to be on everybody's radar, but this guy's going to be a security blanket and a solid possession receiver for Slavas this year. They're loaded with talent, loaded with talent mm-hmm. at USC. Um, it's kind of crazy to me because if you look at a team like USC, I can really see them stepping up and potentially playing for like a chip this year. You know what I mean? Just because of they're playing interconference games. I feel the same way. They have the talent there. I feel the same way about like a, like a Texas A&M. They have all the capabilities and the talent and it's the raw talent there. It's just like, can they put the pieces together? You know what I mean? It's all about that. And they, they have the opportunity to do so. They've got another year under the belt. There's not a lot of, uh, chemistry issues with some of these guys some of them are newer some of them are not but they've been in that camp already so that camp that's going to play a big factor that's why teams like clemson and ohio state like you know everybody feels like they've got the advantage there because you know they've, they've been doing this for a couple of years together but like i said you know he's a prototypical tight end it's somebody that should be on your radar I, am i going to think that he's going to be a barn burner i don't you know what I mean? I'm willing to take a risk on a guy that's going to be catching balls from the best quarterback um, coming in from the 2022 class. So, um, you know, I'll let you transition. What do you got for a tight end? Yeah, so I'll leave my my 2023 guy a little bit. I'm going to go to kind of essentially who I have as like an honorable mention, but it's, it's a guy we've talked about, Brant Keithy out of Utah. He's just got the athletic ability to him at the tight end position. He is only 6'2", 235. So he has almost more of a receiver body not so much a tight end body but he is more of what you would call the receiving tight end right uh he can get the blocking done he can do it but he is more of that receiving threat as opposed to line him up 
get your blocks and have him block for 90% of the game and throw him a couple passes. He's one, you, you get the ball to him, let him work. He was a running back in high school, which, you know, when you're, when you're a top talent at, at your school, you're going to be played everywhere, right? He wasn't considered the athlete, right? You know, they give that, that, that designation to certain guys who play five or six positions. He, he was, he was the running back tight end, you know, kind of guy. He, he played where they needed him, but, um, Last year, he had 42 targets, 34 receptions, 602 uh, receiving yards, and uh, six receiving touchdowns. He had 21 first downs, so he definitely got the job done, definitely did what they needed him to. So being only 6'2", it's a little bit concerning for a lot of people who look at that tight end position because you really want to see your tight ends, I would say at minimum, 6'4", 6'5", and I think even the 6'4", people are kind of hesitant on. But um his just abilities. He's just athletic. He's able to to make plays when the ball is in his hands. So I, I think he's someone again, you know, he's worth the shot. And again, he is definitely someone you're gonna be able to grab a little bit later. Um, so where it's you, I don't say I'm not saying punt the tight end position, but he's a guy that you're able to grab later. And I think you should feel comfortable grabbing him later because I think he can go into a system that that will utilize him and just you know like I said he's a receiving guy so give him the ball let him work and he'll get you some yards yeah, it reminds you of that Kittle guy you know what yep. I mean yeah you know it's it, and we're not comparing him to Kittle again calm down before you you know everybody gets out of hand here but um he kind of reminds you of Kittle and there's a capability to line up all over the football field and, and stuff like that um my last guy that I've got here um I'm hoping that I'm not stealing your guys Eric Gilbert from LSU um, so obviously I, I talked about Jude Wolf and his high school stats, right? Eric Gilbert, six, six, two fifty five. I'm going to throw this out here that this man has wide receiver stats at tight end. Okay. His, his senior year, he played 16 games, hit 105 receptions, 1860 yards, and 15 touchdowns. He averaged 116 yards per game, 17.7 yards per catch. He had a 92-yard pass or completion touchdown there as well. Can we talk about for a minute how those stats are insane? But can we talk about how he did it the year before as well in his 2018-2019 as a junior? He had 88 catches. Obviously, the stats weren't as high, but he played five less games. 88 catches, 1,210 yards. And 14 touchdowns in his junior year. Even in his sophomore year, he had seven touchdowns. But my favorite thing about this guy is he's also thrown a touchdown. I mean, you can't beat that. You know, this guy's unbelievable. You know what I mean? I DJ Ukulele and this guy are going to be best friends for years to come, right? You know what I mean? Like they are. You know what I mean? Or no, sorry. That's no, they're not. completely wrong team. I <laughs> oh ricky ricky Ricky! oh man that was you got way too excited for that that would have been I, awesome though that, that would have been really i just i i had a brain fart for five <laughs> seconds i thought clemson lsu same thing right you know what i mean all right back to where we were going with this um god that was awful uh, man if you've made it this far i'm tired guys okay i'm tired all right leave me alone right now but uh this guy's insane though he's got he he even rushes the ball, which I think is hilarious. He had nine carries in his career. He averaged uh, five yards per carry. He even had a 25-yard run. Um, I do love that he had a touchdown pass. That's really awesome. I just love guys that have like, random passes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't even know what else to say about this guy other than he is absolutely absurd. Um, he's going to be 
probably one of the best tight ends to come out in a couple years and i am here for it any guy that can average any guy that can do 1800 yards as a tight end in, in high school at 65 and 250 um i'm i'm here for it soups <laughs> yeah so eric gilbert's the guy that i was going to touch base on too you said all of his stats which are just absurd i mean even if you see a risk again like you said he's a tight end with receiver numbers right you see those numbers coming out but what really really stood out to me so he when a tight end, okay, let's take a step back. When a tight end is ranked, let's call it inside the top 20 of their recruiting class, you're just like, man, this this guy's got some talent, right? When you're in the top five of your recruiting class as a tight end, that says all it needs to really say. So he's the number one tight end in his class, number five prospect overall in the nation. That's insane. So then I was curious because whenever you're on 24-7, it tells you like their nation, the nation's rank, position, state, and then it says all time. Yep. He is ranked the number one tight end ever in their in their ranking systems, right? And it's not really that close. Um, he is ranked overall, all time, all positions, 114th. The next closest tight end is Mr. Greg Olson, who has had a, you know, I'd say he had a pretty solid career. <laughs> um, he was, or he's he's 232nd all-time okay. ranking. That's a huge gap right now. That all being said, Eric Gilbert is not a surefire, guaranteed future Hall of Famer, right? The, the prestige is there. We're, I would be shocked if it didn't happen, but it, nothing's guaranteed. But just the fact that we have that type of, of ranking to him already before even playing a down in college is unreal. So I think Eric Gilbert, and he was one, and you know this, we've been in a couple other drafts, tight end's a position that I don't really put a whole lot of focus. If it's a tight end premium, a little bit more, obviously. But if it's just a traditional league, I don't really worry about it. I was Who upset. I was upset. The, I, Eric Gilbert was a guy we got sniped on. Yep, we was. were going to take him, and it was like two, two three, picks. four, two, two picks, two picks away before, and we got sniped. I was very upset to not get him. I have him nowhere. So we say this right when you go into a draft, you have those guys you want. Well, in this case, I have one. I have one, and I want Eric Gilbert. I want at least one share. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I don't think we're going to be wrong on him. You look at those numbers, and it's just it's unreal, right? I just I I'm I don't know. You've said all the stats. That's the ranking. He's the number one tight end in his class, number five overall prospect. He's the number one ranked tight end out of all tight ends ever for twenty four seven. Um, I mean, it's what else do you want to say, right? You know, it's 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 insane, right? Yeah. You know, it, it blows my mind that he consistently produces at the level that he produces, and 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 at the tight end position. Yeah, like you said, I I didn't I didn't know I I, I saw that he was where he was ranked, which was very impressive for me at a tight end position, fifth overall in the nation. Like you're a tight end, bro. Like calm yeah. down a little bit. But um, if he produces at half the rate that you have his ability, you're going to get a top five tight end on Sundays. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that, that's, it, it sounds crazy to say that, but it's just matter of fact. Right. So I, 
I'm excited uh, to see what is ahead for his career because it, it's it's definitely going to be a pretty one. Um, all right, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, we went a little long this week. I like it. You know what I mean? We, we kind of focused this episode on doing the Campus to Canton. Next week, we're going to dive into the running back wide receiver position. I've got a couple of guys on my radar for that as well that I'm kind of excited to talk about. Uh, make sure to give Stoops a follow on Twitter at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Blair underscore. Make sure to check out all the podcasts on the music uh, on the Drive-In Podcast Network. You can check them all out at themusiccitydrivein.com. You know, we've got Matt Bruning and his crew with the Fantasy Football Roundtable. We've got the top 10 with Tia. Um, we've got so many things on the podcast network from varying from music to movies to sports. I'm excited to be a part of the network. I'm excited for the network. Um, we appreciate you guys' consistent listenership of our show. Um, we've made a, we made a hard decision back at the beginning of June. It was, it was a, it was a decision that we weren't a hundred percent certain what the transition was going to be just going out kind of on our own at first. And it's been amazing that we still have the same support. We have the same listenership and it's growing and growing and growing. We appreciate you guys supporting us and, and consistently following our following. Our followers are going up. Mm-hmm. We're getting asked questions on the regular. It's amazing to be a part of this community, but it's also amazing for us to feel like we are a part of this community because you guys make us feel that way. So we can't thank you guys enough for that. Um, like I said, next week we'll be tackling the running back and wide receiver in part two of this. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later.